This is Minister Ginger London. I am so glad that you're with me on tonight. And tonight is the uh, 12th show in the Got to Get Myself Together Virtual Virtual Conference uh, 2012. And these are the uh, 12 blog talk radio shows that we were doing on getting yourselves together. The theme for this um, radio series is getting yourself together. And so tonight we end with the 12th show uh, in the radio series, and we've had some uh, wonderful uh, topics and participation for people listening in, and um, some people have made comments throughout these last 12 evenings, and so I'm truly humbled by your um, participating in the 12 shows. And on tonight, uh, we're going to be talking about um, developing ministry and business teams, as we know that none of us can do it um Alone, we are going to need um, some help. And as long as, uh, you know, that uh, we're here, whatever assignment that God has given us, we're going to need um, help. And so the key is to get the, the to begin, is to begin to uh, discover uh, what type of team members we want or we should have on our, people we should have on our teams. And then actually pulling those teams together and actually, um uh, delegating to them the necessary things to help us to complete our assignment and our goals that we have for 2012. And so we're going to talk a little bit tonight about, you know, how to develop the team, and then we're going to talk about how to use uh, your um, your uh, ministry or business teams. And then we're going to talk to you how to build your team using vision, commitment, and trust. And that's going to be the three key elements of Ford. And then uh, we're going to uh, talk about the uh, commitment of your team members and what type of commitments should they be making uh, to um, uh, being a part of your team. You don't want somebody on your team just because it looks like you're You just want to see that, you know, oh, I know him, I know her. You want somebody to be faithful, loyal, and committed to what it We're going to open up with a word of prayer, and uh, we're going to come against the enemy trying to uh, mess with this technology. I don't know what's going on with this uh, Skype and Blog Talk Radio. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you on this evening. We honor you on tonight, Lord God. We bless your name. Father, we come humbly. I come humbly right now. Holy Spirit, I decrease as you increase. I thank you, Lord God, for this blessed opportunity. I thank you for entrusting me with your word and for teaching um the people on tonight. Father, I bless your name. I honor you. And Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray that there will be no more interference 
on tonight, but that this will go smoothly, Father God. In the name of Jesus, I pray. Amen. Amen. So we're going to get back into uh, talking about um, uh, developing your ministry team. The passage of scripture that we're coming from comes from Exodus chapter 18. It begins at verse um, uh, 18, and it says this, and this is Moses' father-in-law talking to him. Let's go up to verse 17. It says, so Moses' father-in-law said to him, the thing that you do is not good. Both you and these people who are with you will surely wear yourselves out. For this thing is too much for you. You are not able to perform it by yourself. Listen now to my voice. I will give you counsel, and God will be with you. Stand before God for the people, so that you may bring the difficulties to God. And you shall teach them the statutes and the laws, and show them the way in which they must walk and work, and the work they must do. Moreover, you shall select from all the people able men, such as fear God, men of truth, hating covetousness, and place such over them to be rulers of thousands, rulers of hundreds, rulers of fifties, and rulers of tens, and let them judge the people at all times. Then it shall be that every great matter they shall bring to you, but every small matter they themselves shall judge. So it will be easier for you, for they will bear the burden with you. If you do this thing and God so and God so commands you, then you will be able to endure. And all this people will also go to their place in peace. So Moses indeed heed the voice of his father in law and did all that that he said that he had said. And Moses, verse 25, chose able men out of all Israel and made them heads over the people, rulers of thousands, rulers of hundreds, rulers of fifties, and rulers of tens. So they judged the people at all times. The hard cases they brought to Moses, but they judged every small case themselves. Then Moses, Moses let his father-in-law depart. He went his way. Okay, we keep getting connected um, from this call with the Skype. If it happens again, I'm going to have to call in using another um, uh, using the cell phone. So Skype keeps dropping the calls. But anyway, in this passage of scripture, Exodus 18 verses 8, 17 through 27, we have a lot of rich nuggets in here about uh, have bringing people onto your team or helping them come in to help you so that you will not wear yourself out. The Moses' mother-in-law said, mother, father-in-law rather said, this is too much for you to do by yourself. You're going to wear yourself out. And um, it, and not only did he say Moses, he said, both you and these people who are with you will surely wear yourselves out. But this thing is too much for you, and you're not able to perform it by yourself. So that means that not only was he going to get worn out, but the people that he was servicing we're going to become worn out because it was too much for Moses to handle by himself. And in your case, if you um, uh, are stepping out and doors are opening and you got uh, a lot of things that you have to do to actually uh, 
get going and to make sure that everything happens, not only can you wear yourself out, but you can wear the people out who you're servicing because if you are providing a service and you're trying to uh, to schedule the appointments and you're trying to uh, keep the appointments and you're trying to make the phone calls, you know, to get people to know what it is that you're doing, then somebody is going to come up short somewhere in the process. That means that... Um, uh, you're going to become worn out and they're going to become worn out because they can't reach you, they can't contact you, they can't, you know, you don't return calls on time, um, you don't keep your appointments, you're always running behind or something, you know, something similar to those things. And so you need somebody on your team who can help ease that burden where you're not doing everything um, yourself. And so, you know, every church leader, every business owner, you know, every um uh, supervisor or manager or CEO needs people to help them um, uh, do the work. And the Bible is clear about teamwork. Uh, there's a passage of Scripture that says two are better than one because when one falls, the others lift him up. And then in Amos it says, how can two walk together except they agree? And the New Living Translation says, how can two walk together except they agree to go in the same direction? And so, and that's what you need, people on your team who want to go in the same direction that you're going in or who can help ease the burden um, uh, from your life uh, or from the work that you're doing. Okay, and so we're going to look at a couple of nuggets here in this passage of Scripture, and um, and then we're going to talk about um, how to build your team your ministry team, and then we'll talk about how to build your business team. So we're going to deal with both of them on tonight. But let's look at this passage of Scripture since we're going to be talking about next how to build ministry teams. And we go back and it says in verse 19, listen to my voice now, now to my voice. I will give you counsel, and God will be with you. Stand before God for the people so that you may bring the difficulties to God. And his father-in-law is saying to Moses, you know, listen to my counsel. I'm going to give you, listen to my voice. I'm going to give you counsel. And um, sometimes in your uh, ministry, in your business, and in your professional career, you're going to need the voice of counsel speaking to you to let you know when you're taking on too much and that you need some help. You need to seek out people to help you. Sometimes we, you know, we we try to uh, function off of that saying, you know, if you want something done correctly, do it yourself. Well, that may be okay in some areas, but it's not okay in every area. There are some people who are who actually have the um who are actually called to the ministry of health, so to speak. And they actually have the gift of helping. They don't mind helping you. All you have to do is tell them what to do and they'll do it. But you first have to invite them to help you. And so and that's what Moses' father-in-law is saying. Listen, you need to take the difficult things to God, but these other things that somebody else can resolve and that someone else can do, you need to find some men who are able to do these things, but they have to be a men of certain character and certain abilities. And it's the same thing with your team. You want your team to have, to be people who, um, who have a certain character, who have certain abilities, who, um, uh, who can become, who are committed uh, to your vision, who, um, uh, who you can trust with your vision. So it has to be people who have um, certain abilities and who have uh, certain character to have to, to be a part of, of your team. And then he goes on in verse 20 and he says, and you shall teach them the statutes and the laws and show them the way in which they must walk and the work they must do. So 
when you pull the team together, you're not just pulling people together um, thinking that they're going to know automatically what they're supposed to do. You're going to have to teach them, number one, about your vision. You've got to teach them about your business or your ministry. And then you're going to have to tell them what it is that they're going that you need them to do to be able to help your ministry or your business. They should not be trying to figure it out on their own. They need you to speak into their lives and say what it is that you need for them to do. The Bible says you have not because you ask not. So when you bring them in and ask them to become a part of your team, now you have to tell them about what it is, your vision, your business, and then what it is that you expect of them or would like for them to do to actually make it um, uh to make your business successful or your ministry successful. In verse 21, it says, Moreover, you shall select from all the people able men, such as fear God, men of truth, hating covetousness, and place them over the rulers of thousands. You need people in your on your team who fear God. You, anybody that doesn't fear God does not need to be on your team. You need somebody that fears God. That means that they want to. They believe in righteousness. They stand for righteousness. You need somebody on your team who is uh, who are people of truth. You don't want anybody who's deceptive, who's uh, dishonest, because it's going to taint your character. It, uh, it's going to take your taint your rep- uh, reputation in ministry, in business, and in your profession. So when you bring somebody on your team and you bring them into that place where they're actually in that inner circle, so to speak, or they're going to be given responsibility um, in your company, on your in your ministry, you need someone who has character. And a, not just any kind of character, but a person who fears God and a person who um, is of truth and who hates covetousness. You don't need someone on your team that when you start going well and things start prospering uh, for you and your uh, things are productive, who uh, will begin to covet uh, what you have or even what someone else has. And then all of a sudden now you have somebody on your team who you can't trust because they're desiring or they um become jealous or they become envious of you. You need somebody who can praise God for your success, praise God for your accomplishments, and praise God when you attain or reach a certain goal. You don't need somebody on your team who's going to be um, mad and sulking behind your back because they feel like, well, I have a, I have um, a right to be as successful as he is or, or a right to be successful as she is. You need somebody who can praise God, rejoice with those who rejoice. That's who you need on your team. And then um, it goes on, it says, and he gives them the responsibility. Moses tells them what they're going to, the father-in-law tells Moses, tell them what they're going to be doing. Uh, and, and divide them up this way. Put some people over a thousand, some people over a hundred, over hundreds of people, and give them the responsibility to judge the smaller matters. So when you're talking about building your team, you're gonna um, gonna be the main team leader, and you're gonna handle those uh, more difficult tasks. But you need people who you can delegate some responsibilities to, that they can handle the smaller matters for you, and they can take care of those things. And if they run across something that is uh, too difficult for them, then they'll bring that particular matter to you. But you need people you can trust, who you don't have to hold their hand, that when you give them assignment or give them something to do, that they're literally going to carry that assignment out. And so how do you build that that type of team? How do you how do, you do that? So, you know, um, there's um, uh, a saying, unique leaders need unique ministry teams. 
if you're a unique leader in business, you need a unique team. You need somebody who's just as unique as you are. You need some uncommon team members. You need folks who are beyond just an everyday team member. You need um, uh, people who can uh, uh, who are unique, who are different from uh, anyone else, and you want to be able to make that selection so that you can choose the people who are right fit. Uh, for you, and so when you are choosing and and developing your team, you want to start with the selection process. You want to uh, the the three areas are selecting, motivating, and supporting. Uh, you don't want to bring somebody on your team that you can't support to do what it is. Give them the support, and encouragement, pat on the back, you know, um, uh, speak confidence to them. So it's the it, it, the three areas you want to be concerned with are selecting. You want to know. Who, you know, have a selection process, and then you want to motivate it. How do you keep them motivated? And then um, supporting as they're carrying out the task that you're going to assign them. You want to you want to be able to support them in carrying out that task. So let's talk about selecting uh, the people. So selecting the right people for your team is critical um, to your success. That's anybody's success, no matter what category, ministry, business, or uh, in your profession. And so selecting the right people is the most challenging task. You know, you can't select people based on, um, uh, you know, they look right or they sound right. You have to select them based on whether or not they are the most appropriate fit for the assignment that God has given you to carry out. And so um, we, the Bible is not... Um, doesn't support selecting team members simply because they're willing. You know, oh, I'll help you. Um, it sounds good until they come on your team, and then you find out that they're that they're not um, the most helpful. They're not willing to carry out the task, or they carry it out. They procrastinate. They wait till the last minute. Uh, you have to go behind them and um, and, and do the thing, uh, carry the task out yourself on a repeated basis. And so, uh, when you make the selection process. Uh, process in the selection process it requires getting to know something about that person especially their spiritual background you know and what is their personal history you have to do um a little investigation you have to do maybe some one-on-one conversations where you sit down with that person over coffee over tea you know or light lunch or maybe just a one-on-one meeting and bring them in and share the vision and get to know them a little bit and uh, find out what their background um, is have them fill out paperwork where they have some questions that they have to answer. You know, give them um, uh, a team member description, almost like a job description, but give them a team member description where they'll know while you're talking what the guidelines are and what you expect of them. You know, um, uh, what um, uh, criteria that you're going to use for selection. What are you going to require of them while they're on your team? You know, are you going to require spiritual growth? Are you going to require personal development or professional development while they're on your team? And if that's the case, then when you're having that one-on-one meeting with them, you want to make sure that you detail that, that they understand before they make that a commitment, before they agree to it, that you you sit down and talk with them so they can have a clear understanding about what it is that you're looking for in a particular team member. You know, recruiting the wrong person for your team can cause considerable conflict and injury to your success, you know, and injury to you. If you get the wrong person on the team and they're backstabbing you, talking about you behind your back, it can cause some pain, some unnecessary pain to take place while you're trying to complete the the assignment for this particular season in your life. So um, slow down and take a, a, um, 
a little time with the selection process. You know, get to know uh, the, the person or the people that you want to invite to be a part of your team. You know, bring them on a trial basis. Let them know. So we'll try this out for 30 days, 60 days, see how it goes. You know, if it's not a perfect fit, no problem, no hard feelings. You know, then, you know, I'll thank you for your for your service and, you know, um, and that's that. And then you need to evaluate what maybe uh, wasn't, uh, what, what stood out to say that that person was not the best possible fit for um, your uh, particular selection uh, when you when you chose them. So, you know, uh, don't rush into that. It can, and don't be too slow in doing it, but don't rush into it. Take your time. You know, make sure that you're bringing the right people on your team. If you want to see a manifestation this year, make sure that you're bringing the right people in, on your team and that they clearly understand what it is that you're doing and what your goals are for this year and what their role as a team member will be and if they're going to be given any uh, specific assignments, uh, then make sure they understand what that is and what's going to be required, the commitment that's involved, the loyalty, the faithfulness that's involved in um, actually being a team member. Uh, okay, and then that's the motivating factor when you're building your team. You know, it begins with enlisting your team, and then the team leader, as a team leader, you have to uh, present uh, your ministry or your business um, in a way that the person will be motivated and want to accept and uh, and become a part of your team. You know, when you talk to them about your assignment, when you talk about your purpose, when you talk about um the areas that you need um, help in, you want to speak about it in motivating ways so that they will be influenced and drawn to you. So they will say, I'm on board. Give me an assignment, you know, or they want, or you want them to say, well, I'm gifted in this area or I'm skilled in this particular area that you mentioned. You know, I would be more than happy to take a look at that and let's see if I'm a perfect fit in that particular area. So you want to be able to, um, motivate them and talk into them and motivate talk about what you're doing in, in motivating ways where they are actually drawn uh to you and that they will actually uh want to be a part of it. You know, when you're explaining the their responsibilities, you know, to the a team member, do it in motivating ways. You know, show explain to them what the promising uh um benefits are, you know, um when uh, they become a part of your team, you know, outline the rewards that they're going to uh, uh, receive in their lives when they actually become a part of your team. What, the, what is the fulfillment that you're going to experience as I, you know, as you journey with me through this, through this year or for the next uh, four months or six months or whatever type of commitment that they're making to be a part of your team? You know, what is the fulfillment that you're going to get out of this? You know, um, uh, uh, what's the rewards or the benefits that are that are going to um, uh, attach or, or become a part of your life as a result of being a part of the team? And so, and and that's what you want to uh, be able to also share with them. Also, you want to be able to uh, support them. You know, once you once they come on as a team member, you know, and you give them a task, and they've begun to uh, uh, actually carry that task out. Um, you want to build a, re, uh, a fruitful relationship with them. You don't want them just doing the work for you, and you don't have any type of relationship with them. You don't get to know them. You don't speak encouragement to them. You don't uh, recognize. Um, their accomplishments for your uh, business or your ministry, or you don't give them any type of affirmations 
you know, privately or publicly, you want to be able to do those things for them. So if you're in ministry and somebody joins your team and let's say they stay on your team for six months to a year, you know, before the year is out, you need to have like a a volunteer recognition uh, dinner or luncheon or something where you can give them a plaque or give them a a certificate of some kind saying thank you for your service uh, this year. So, you know, it's the same thing in your business. If they come on on your team and they're volunteering um, for your, uh, to help do some things in your business, have something special where you can recognize them and give them some type of reward. But throughout the year when they are helping you and help uh, doing things for you, speak affirmation attempt uh, to enter their lives. Periodically do something to affirm that you affirm them and that to say thank you uh, for their services. You may um, order lunch in for the whole team one day when you're working on a project or you're trying to pull together a particular uh, product that you want to launch or you have a conference or a seminar or something that's coming up and you're trying to iron out the details and get everything straight, get the flyers ready, you know, whatever it may be, you know, if they're all coming to the office that day or to the ministry to do the do uh, to work on uh, this particular thing, then order lunch and have lunch brought in and then stop for a minute and say thank you. So don't worry about lunch. I'm taking care of lunch today and I'm going to have it brought in so that we can continue um, doing what we're doing or take them out for lunch. Stop at a certain time and say everybody, we're going over to such and such restaurant. This is my way of saying thank you for your hard work today. We're going to take you to lunch. We're going to stay at lunch for a minute, and then we're going to come back and get going and finish out the course of the day. Find ways to recognize them and find ways to affirm them and to say thank you uh, to them and that you appreciate um, their um, services. Um, And so uh, one of the things that you want to consider when you're making that team and developing that team and bringing people on is do uh, our – are they people of responsibility? You know, can they take responsibility on it? Can you trust them with that responsibility? When you give them something to do, are they, you know, will they carry it out? You know, will they see um, uh, uh, see it from a, uh excellent mindset or will they see it as, um, you know, will they perform on a mediocre level? You know, I'll, I'll do it when I... Um, I get to it, you know, or will they get right on it, you know, um, and with responsibility come authority. So that's why you have to be able to choose the right people, because when you give them responsibility, you're also giving them authority to carry out that assignment. So if you uh, uh, give them re- the responsibility of, you know, organizing um, or let's say um researching and finding or uh, finding the right location for your conference and going ahead and locking that in. Well, you're also giving them the authority to negotiate maybe with hotel, um, uh, with the hotels or with the um, uh, different um, buildings, uh, places where you can actually facilities. You're giving them the authority to negotiate. So you need to make sure that the person that you're giving that responsibility to, that you can trust them to get the job done, but also can you trust them with the authority that comes with the responsibilities that you are giving them, you know, um, uh, so uh, when you're making your selection, keep that in mind that when you are in a meeting or when you're taking care of the more other difficulties or the more um intricate details of other uh, things, can you trust them to carry out that responsibility? And can you trust them with the authority that you're going to um, 
give them. And so uh, that is crucial. And so let's talk about how to build your team with uh, vision, commitment, and trust. Those are the three key elements that we want to keep in mind when we're building our team, and uh, whether it's vision, business, or for your profession. You know, um, uh, you want to start with your ability to relate. Can you relate to people? The only way you're going to get somebody on your team and, and have them stay on your team, you're going to have to be a leader that can relate, a business owner that can relate to other people, you know, um, uh, there's going to be some challenges. There's going to be some change that may occur, and so you want to be able to relate to people. You know, um, can I talk with them? What's your communication skills like? You know, uh, do you know how to delegate delegate responsibilities without um, um, hoarding over a person? You know, so do you have that re- the relatability? Um, uh, skill? Can you actually make that connection with people and where they're comfortable? With uh, dialoguing with you, even when you're speaking from a, a position of uh, authority or leader, uh, leadership authority, can they still relate to you? You know, so let's talk about vision. How do you build your team with using vision? And that's 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 the number one way to build it because what they're doing is they're coming to help you carry out your vision. So how do you build it with vision? You know, basically you build it with vision and uh, by making sure that they are clear on what your vision is. You know, um, you need to make sure that you know what the success is going to look like for this particular project or for this particular, for your business or for your ministry. What is it that I want to see happen? And so what is it that I know should happen? And so and can you articulate and can you uh, express that to them? Can, uh, can you clearly share the vision with them so they'll know, uh, you know, what, um, the outcomes are that you are desiring from them when they come on board as a team member. And when you can tell a person what the outcomes are, the outcomes become attractive to that person. And now they want to become even, you know, join your team and become involved um, with your team. And so vision is you being able to excite the team with um, the desired outcome. You know, can you share that with that with your team? If that's the case, you can move them and you can motivate them with vision. You can um, uh, uh, speak in, speak the vision to them, and they're excited because they know what the outcome is. And guess what? They're ready to work. So, vision is you being able to share the outcome, uh, the outcomes with them, and then they're getting excited and they're motivated by the outcome. Then you build your team through commitment, and commitment. Um, um, is where you get them to actually take on uh, um, uh, the responsibilities, you know, take on the long hours that may be needed or take on uh, coming in at a particular time or showing up, you know, when they say they're going to show up. You know, so you um, get them to commit initially to coming on board, you know, um, to being a part of your team, but then you want that commitment to actually begin to develop and grow as they learn more about your business, more about your ministry, more about um, uh, what you're doing um, in the in the, um, in your career. You want them to be able to begin to develop and grow in the area of uh, commitment. You want them to be able to come on board and be able to say, okay, I can uh, now I can take on more responsibility because I know I understand a little bit more about what you're doing, and you want them to commit to those. To that, and then these are people that you don't want to have to keep checking on all the time. You know, when they're when they become committed, you already know that you can depend on them, and that when something comes up, it means that they'll let you know. You don't want someone um, 
who you have to constantly ask all, ask all the time. Can I depend on you this time? Can I get you to do it this time? Or you're not gonna you're not gonna you're not gonna fake me out, are you? You know you don't have to keep asking those types of questions to the person. You want to know they know that they are committed to it, and that you've experienced that commitment. You they understand it, and that you are satisfied that you can trust them with certain areas of your business, certain areas of ministry, with certain assignments because they're committed to being a part of your team. And then you want to build your team with trust. So trust is um, the antidote to fears and risk. You know, that means that when you trust them, uh, you're confident in, in, in your team members. You're confident they're going to carry out the, the uh, task that you give them. Um, you don't have to uh, hoard over them. They understand it. They um uh, they know what you're expecting of them, and um, they know what they should be expecting from you. And so trust is mutual. It is um, established initially, and then it is built upon, okay, initially. But the more you learn uh, learn about each other, the more you get to know each other, that trust is built. And so it begins, or it is strengthened, rather, I should say. It becomes stronger and stronger the more you learn about each other. And so you want to build that team, your team members uh, your team members on trust. You want to build your team on trust. Uh, you don't want to bring somebody in that you can't trust, and then you got to watch everything they do, watch every move they make, you know, double-check, you know, call people, you know, you put them on phone calls. Now you got to get behind them and call, make, the phone, make follow-up calls and make sure they said what you told them to say, you know, and all those kinds. No, you want to build your team on trust, and it comes through that initial commitment, and it comes through learning uh, more about each other. It comes from um, uh, the team members being willing to go through the difficult process, through the ups and downs, you know, in carrying out your goals and your vision. And so, and if they're willing to do that, then you can trust them because nobody's going to go through ups and downs um, who you can't trust. Uh, so you want people who can go the long haul with you, who can go the extra mile with you, and where you can see that, that this trust is being built and strengthened in the relationship. And so um, those are the three areas that you actually uh, want to build on. Commitment, you want a vision, you want to build on commitment, and you want to build on trust. And then you also want to remember that when you're building a team, you want to include them. Don't just have somebody come feeling occupying space and time, you know, because you just need somebody there to fold up newsletters, you know, or those kind of uh, things. And so when you're building your team and you're establishing them on those three main principles, vision, commitment, and trust, now it's time for you, the leader or the business owner or the manager or the supervisor, whatever capacity you're functioning in as the team leader, now it's your responsibility to groom and get the team members ready for what it is that you want them to do. And so what the number one thing you have to do is you have to train the people to think. You have to train them how to think. That means that you have to, uh, they, you've told them the vision, you told them uh, the assignment, but now you have to train them how uh, to, to, um, uh, to think. You have to uh, define what you mean by trust. You want them to understand that. So uh, when they understand that, they're taking on that thought. You have to um, uh, communicate with intention to them. You have to teach them how to think, you know, think service, think business, think ministry. Okay, so you have to teach them how to think. They don't know how to do what, to think the way that you want them to think, to carry out the goals and assignments that you want them um, to carry out. Um, then on top of that, uh, let me let me back that up and tell you the scripture um, for that. 
We looked at Exodus chapter 18. Um, the father-in-law is talking to Moses, and he says, um, I'll find the scripture for you. Uh, it says in verse 20, And you shall teach them the statutes and the laws, and show them the way in which they must walk and the work they must do. So it's your responsibility as a team leader to teach them the statutes, the laws, and the way in which they must walk and the work they must do. So you have to teach them how to think. You have to teach them what it is they're going to do. You have to show them how to do it. Explain the task, everything. It's your responsibility. Jesus, did, Jesus when he took on the disciples, he taught them everything. So you're going to have to teach them. And don't let teaching uh, be a burden to you because it's your team. You're building your team. So plant that seed in them. Teach them about your business, your ministry. Teach them what it is they're going to be doing. Teach them um, uh, about what. Uh, um, teach them about success from your perspective. Teach them about um, trust and commitment. Teach them about that. So there will be. So they will be clear, and they will take that work and assignment on without hesitation. So you have to define trust to them. What do you? Um, what do you mean by trust when you t- when you're talking about bringing them onto your team? You know what does trust mean? Talk to them about um, what does it mean um, uh, to accomplish um, certain things. You know, teach them how you're going to teach them um, on how to be prepared. Uh, you're going to have to teach them about the preparations for carrying out the assignment and the goals that you are wanting them um, to carry out. You're going to teach them the mechanics. You know, how do you do it? How do I? How do you carry out the um, the responsibilities that I'm going to um, give to you. And then you have to uh, produce a win-win attitude. And that goes back to what I said. You're going to have to talk to them about the benefits and uh, the rewards that come from uh, being a part of your team. Uh, you know, so if uh, they can grow professionally, you got to teach, tell them about what are the benefits of growing professionally when you become a part of my team. What are the benefits of you growing spiritually when you become a part of my ministry team? You're going to have to teach them um, on those things. And so let's look at, before we close, some uh, um Commitment, kingdom commitment. How do you get the team to commit? And what are the things that you're looking for in their commitment um, uh, when they commit? And so uh, there are uh, several different types of commitments, and I'm going to talk to you about a couple of them on tonight because people will commit to being part of your team, and they will come with a certain type of commitment. And so you have to figure out uh, which commitments are appropriate for your team and which ones are not. And so you wean those people out. Everybody that comes to your team will not stay for a year. They may come and they may stay for three months. They may commit to four week, uh, months. They may commit to six months. They may commit to the whole year, or they may commit to as long as you're in business. Just give me a call and I'll, you know, be a part. Do whatever you need me to do. So, so let's look at the couple. Of, the first one is the casual commitment. Okay, and this is a commitment. Um, uh, to a cause made without much forethought, you know, and it carries uh, with it low tolerance for discomfort. So the ca- casual commitment or those people who come in as soon as things get too hard, as soon as things get too difficult, you know, uh, as soon as uh, things, you know, when it's too much on their plate or uh, they feel like it's getting in the way of anything, then these are the people that are not, they're not going to stay. You know, um, at the first sign of discomfort, when you want them to press in, stay a little longer, work a little harder, you know, those kinds of things, um, their commitment is going to deteriorate quickly. 
you know, and then they're no longer, they're going to take flight. They're not going to even show up anymore. You know, um, they're, they may be there and they may be somewhat excited initially, but their commitment level is one of a casual commitment. So as soon as things get a little difficult or a little uncomfortable for them, they're going to take flight and you're not going to, you're not going to see them anymore. So you have the casual commitment. Then you have the cunning commitment. And that's the commitment um, that people make uh, that's based on a hidden agenda or um, a disgenuous, uh, disingenuous motive. You know, as soon as the agenda that they have is accomplished or the uh, – uh, as a, or a team member sees that the agenda will not be accomplished, the team member abruptly leaves. Once they get what they want, they're gone. Okay, so that's the cunning commitment. Those are the people, they already have a hidden agenda. They know why they want to become associated with you. They know why they want to be on your team, whatever that reason may be. You know, maybe they're trying to figure out how you do, are doing certain things or where you're getting your resources from and all that kind of stuff. As soon as that agenda is met or as soon as they figure out that it cannot be met, then what happens is they actually don't want to be a part of your team and they will disappear abruptly. They will just abruptly leave. Um, the team, and then you have the um, the um, coerced commitment, and that's the commitment to the team when it's based on pressure from a dominant type relationship. You know, it could be um, uh, a relationship that says, you know, if you don't go, uh, if you don't go help that, if you don't go help them in ministry, I'm not going to deal with you anymore. Or if you don't help them in business, I won't deal with it. Well, you may not know that that's being said to that particular person, but there's a dominant relationship behind the commitment uh, uh, to uh, uh, your team. And it eventually will come out. But if you can discern that initially, then you know will know how to deal with that particular person who wants to get on um, uh, on your team. All right. And then there is the uh, contractual type uh, commitment. And so that's the team member where there's a written covenant that is agreed upon some terms. And that's the, one of the really good ones where you can establish that team member. And they know exactly what it is that you're desiring um for them to do, and so you had it in writing what it is that um, they're going to do, or that is uh, a covenant type agreement that you're going to uh, make with them. Uh, and then there's the cause commitment, and then that is the commitment that is based on what it, the um, the uh, accomplishing the things that you really want to, them to accomplish, and that's going to be your higher commitment. That's the one you want them to get in behind the cause, get in behind your vision, get in behind your um, the dream that you have, and you want them to become a part of that. And so um, those are the um, areas of the types of commitments that people will make. And um, so you want them to do that. And so um, you want people to be willing. You want them to uh, be excited about um, committing uh, to uh, your assignment or to your business. You want them to get on board. Um, and so how do you um, uh, uh, utilize your team? You utilize them by delegating responsibilities to them that you can trust them with. You you um, utilize your team through motivation, get them excited about the vision, and, you know, um, open up the floor for ideas and comments because there are going to be some people that are going to join your team. They're going to have a right now answer. They're going to be uh, they're going to be able to uh, 
give you um, some solutions to some issues and problems that may arise as you guys are accomplishing the goals for this year. So you want to be able to give them creative room, you know, as long as it's in alignment to what it is that you are doing. You want them to be able to be be a partaker of it. So let them share their ideas. And um, if it doesn't work, it doesn't work. But if it's something that you can apply uh, to your business, to your ministry, to your profession, then open the floor up and see how it will work and give it a shot. You know, so your team members can be an exciting part of your journey uh, this year because it should be people who are encouraging you, who want to see you succeed. Also on your team, you can build your team members. uh, You can build your team off of interns. Find people who are in school or being trained for a particular area. And if they will come and intern and they can have all of these key qualities and they have a teachable spirit, you can build your team off of interns. And then it's mutually beneficial again. They're getting their intern hours fulfilled and you're getting a good uh, team member. You're also teaching them uh, something that they can take with them on into their own professions, into their own businesses. You know, um, if someone is looking to maybe start in a ministry or start a business, maybe two or three years from now, they just want to partner with somebody so they can learn how to do it. Bring them on as a protege. Bring them on as a um, a mentee, somebody that you're going to mentor. You know, find ways to creatively build your team so that it's mutually beneficial for you, for those that are going to become a part of it as well as, for, as, well as yourself. And then be excited about it. You know, have some excitement about it. Give them responsibilities so that when they they attain them or they accomplish those goals that um they'll feel good about it um uh it'll be um beneficial to uh, what it is that you assign them to do but get them excited uh, about that and and keep that motivation and that ex- and excitement and then sometimes send them out as recruiters say hey we got this big project coming up we got this big conference coming up do you guys know anybody else who might want to come and be a part of the team for a short period of time so um, invite them to recruit others to become a part of the team and when they become a part of the team you know, even on a temporary basis Show them the same courtesy, give them the same opportunity to grow, um, even if they're with you just for three or four weeks. Give them the same opportunity. And so I know tonight, um, and so on a Friday night, and it's been a long journey for these 12 radio shows, and so I'm not going to keep you um, uh, much longer. I'm just going to um, encourage you to um, get excited about 2012 and whatever your uh, assignment is for this year, whatever your purpose um, is that you have targeted for this year to make happen this year, remember you can't do it alone. You need some people to help you. So build your team. And throughout all of these radio shows, we've been talking about different things, you know, um, know what your gifts are. Do a self-examination. Find out, know who you are. Build your confidence up. You know, uh, um, uh, find out what your spiritual gifts are. You know, and all of these things. If you haven't listened to all of the shows, go back and hear the replay. And so I want to encourage you. And also, as we end this particular show or this series right here, we're also going into the series that are coming up um, for the uh, the. Uh, Teleseminars that are going to be taking place And if you're interested for more information On the teleseminars or to register For the teleseminars You can go to www.gingerlondon.com And you can register um, For the uh, teleseminars um, The page um, that will take you To the registration is on the home page Or you can go to the conference tab 
and you can find the information on how to uh, register for the uh, teleseminars. And what we're going to do is we're going to do a series of 12, 12 teleseminars. They're going to be in different areas just like the 12 uh, radio shows were. But we're going to be dealing, we're going to have some interactive uh, teleseminars where you can um, come on the call. We're going to teach you about a particular uh, subject. And then we're going to open the phone lines up. And so we will have, when you register, um, a way for you to actually um, register and um, where you can just hear the live calls only. And if you choose to do that, you'll be able to hear the live calls only, or you can up that was, that will be twenty five dollars, or you can upgrade, um, and where you can hear the live calls, get the session notes, and get all of the replays for all of the teleseminars. And if you choose to do that, then it is fifty five dollars uh, for the upgrade. But um, either way you go, you're going to be blessed. Uh, but those those actually start on the 21st, which is tomorrow, January the 21st. And so if you want more information on how to register for the teleseminars, go to gingerlondon.com to the conference page. We're going to have some practical, interactive um, seminars that you can get involved with. Um, uh, so uh, once again, thank you for listening to the radio show Um if you need some more information, you can find me on Facebook or you can find me on Twitter or you can go to gingerlondon.com. Thank you so much. God bless.